0: The traditional family, its composition, its role, and its responsibility are being challenged. It's safe to say that the enemy's intention for the foundation of family is eradication. And while we still live in this fading beauty of democracy, I'm coming to understand more and more that we may live in this world, but we certainly are not of it. The Judeo-Christian culture is being contested in legislation And education. Biblical values are no longer the framework of social structure. The convictions that created our once Judean Christian nation are being traded for ideas that no longer espouse the belief that we hold to. Not only are we not living in Kansas anymore, Dorothy, we're not even living in the same world. It was once that the pillars of society, government, and education supported and worked together. Let's even include the church at large in that one. They had similar standings and they supported the home. So why in this end time the attack on the home? The enemy knows that. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The enemy knows that when it comes to spiritual success... The victory is lost and won not on the battlefront but on the home front. Before David ever came to fight Goliath, he slew the lion and the bear on the home front. Before Samuel ever served Eli, Hannah decided to give him to God. The conversation, I don't know what it was like on the way to the temple, but here's what I know. Samuel knew where the priority of his home was. Before Moses ever stepped up to deliver Israel, his mother rocked him in the nursery of Pharaoh's daughter. Before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ever stepped in the fiery furnace, they stepped over the threshold of a house that carried them off into bondage, but that house taught them to trust and serve the one true living God. The values of the people... that. That we see that were successes in scripture have the framework of home working for them. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We preach it and we teach it. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. CCC, this has to be a tenant of our faith. This has to be a foundation of who we are. This has to be an understanding that we all hold to. We have got to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might. I want it to be preached from this pulpit. We want it to be declared for every Sunday school class. Every podium in this this entire campus has got to declare that fact. However, the scripture doesn't say that it was a pulpit and it wasn't a podium where that was to be declared. It said, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Now, I know I've seen some people sleep in church before. I don't see anybody right now. No one is in my target in this room. But the way that I read it, the only way that Israel could accomplish the commandment of that verse was for it to happen in the framework of their home. Somewhere under their own roof, somewhere above their own foundation, somewhere between their own walls and beyond their own door. There had to be conversations, there had to be commandments that were issued, there had to be a structure that was given. There was an understanding that was relayed and related. There were stories that were told in Israel when they walked from their homes, when they walked in the way, when they sat down and when they laid down. There was an understanding that this home is dedicated to Jehovah that this home is God's home that this house is God's house that this family is God's family that these children are God's children that this father is God's father come on and when they walked in the way and when they laid down and when they rose up that commandment rang in their ears it was an understanding And, and so when Israel was doing well it was because their homes were doing well Nebuchadnezzar couldn't tear it out of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He couldn't, he couldn't remove it from them. They just said, I, I, I'm sorry, but we can't bow to the idol. We're just going to stand right here because something had been invested. Something had been yielded. Something had been, been pushed into their hearts and into their lives and into their souls. There was something about them that set them apart. They had an advantage over everything else. Someone had taken time to teach them, and, and I'm grateful, and I'm thankful for all the voices that we've heard this month. I'm Grateful for every generation that makes up this wonderful group of people that meet here every single week. We love you, CCC. I'm grateful for it. This, this church family is the vehicle that God's chosen to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. We want. Spiritually successful students, we need biblically equipped kids. We love powerful preaching. We, we, we need revelatory teaching. We want outpouring and we need impartation. We need power-packed prayer meetings. We need wonderful worshipers in every aisle, in every service. We don't discourage dancing in the spirit, rolling on the floor, running in the aisle, or shouting during the preaching. I'll try that one again. We don't discourage dancing in the spirit, rolling on the floor, running in the aisle, or shouting during the preaching, or during the singing, or during the worship. This isn't unusual. This shouldn't be out of the ordinary. This should be a place where we are determined to declare the goodness of God. I know it may be a little cultural. I know it just may be a little Pentecostal, but that's all right. That's what God determined and declared for us to do. That's who we are. We're not discouraging it we're encouraging it we're asking for it come on we need power pack prayer meetings we need things to change when we pray in Jesus name we need healing to happen we need miracles to occur we need the door wide open so the prodigal can come home Come on, I'm talking. Welcome home. That's what I'm talking about. I'm saying we need to celebrate. It may be time to kill the fatted calf. It may be time to push the doors open. And like, come on, let's get the table ready because God's going to do something great. This has to be a house for celebration and rejoicing and return and revival and outpouring. We need that in this house. so loud that people have to step out into the foyer to have conversation. And just so you know, we're not opposed to that. In my notes, I have we want fellowship in the foyer. We want connection and collaboration. We need full Baptismals, And I looked this morning, when it came out, it's empty. If you want to be baptized this morning, it takes us an hour to fill it and an hour to heat it. Sometimes we got to hit the button and clean it. We want full altars. We see in the spirit, full balcony. We want people waging this war. Together, we want to fight this fight with you. We, want, we don't want to run this race by ourselves. But with much consideration given to what I've already said and what I'm about to say, this isn't always where the battle is won. The reason the enemy fights the home is because he knows that home is where the battle is lost and won. There's a reason that God didn't call Israel to congregate in Pharaoh's palace and chant, let my people go along with Moses. Instead, on that 10th plague, he said, I want you to go home and gather your family together. I want you to tell them that we are getting ready to leave. Get dressed like you're getting ready to get out. Egypt is not your home. Paint the doorposts with the blood of the Lamb. Because we're getting ready to go. He, he didn't call them in front of Pharaoh's throne. He didn't, he didn't come, come on, exercise all of the miraculous power with the people right there in front of Pharaoh. He said, I want you to take this and bring it home. Because we're going to build something for the future. You've been in bondage until now. And you're about to be freed. But in your freedom, I don't want you to lose perspective of what I would, I would desire to do. Egypt isn't your home. That's not where you're going to live. You're going to go into a promised land. But when you get into that promised land, you're going to have houses that you didn't build. You're going to inhabit places that you didn't construct. You're going to live somewhere and in your living somewhere I feel the help that comes from the Holy Ghost right now. In your living somewhere it doesn't mean that you're doing it by yourself. I'm going with you. I'm going to walk with you. The power that you saw in front of Pharaoh is going to be present in your home. The power to push back the enemy is going to prevail in your home. The power, come on, to triumph is going to be right there in your home. I, I want every home in Israel to bring it back to their place and and I want every family to understand that when the death angel comes through it's not going to touch you because you have power and authority in your own home I wish that someone would, would just kind of begin to rise to the challenge that's coming in the Holy Ghost right now because you don't have to do all your fighting in this room, you get to declare victory in your own home God's wanting triumph and victory and healing and the miraculous to occur under your own roof Come on, there's a promise waiting for you, Israel, but you're going to do it when you, when you claim victory under your own roof, behind your own tent flap. You're going to declare a victory. I think that God certainly has a sense of humor. I see other big, beautiful edifices in the center of our city, history and heritage and God lets us grow here on this hill in the midst of three ball fields. That's an intriguing thing to me. I, that's just the way my brain works. God, why? I I know I know people bought the property. I know maybe it was opportunity, but but still, the, in God's big grand scheme of things, He puts us in the middle of three baseball fields where people, I can listen from my own home, and I can hear. The chance for the players on the field. I can hear the celebration when someone from my house. I can hear. I I can hear the 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 address over the PA system that they've got, and and I can hear the music that they play for practices booming out over our own parking lot. What was it? One it was one Sunday morning we were coming into church, and it was <laughs> no joke. The the song playing over the PA on the baseball field was Highway to Hell. That is no joke in any degree. But I was like, boys, have you picked the wrong song this morning? You, know, you want to know why we get a little crazy sometimes? It, the, it, it, it's, it's all right to be a fanatic on this hill, apparently. It, it's, it's all right to get a little loud. Maybe, maybe if we had been set... In the middle of the city, somebody be saying, Well, you got a noise ordinance that you've got to obey, or but somehow over here on the hill, nobody seems to really mind what we do. Come on, put a bouncy castle on the front lawn, no problem. Turn the PA up, not a problem celebrate get fans if this spills out into the parking lot we've got precedent to say it really shouldn't matter it it really we listen to the ball game all summer long it all it'd be all right if there was a little celebration about the goodness of god that spilled out over into our little community i i think it's all right i i I think it's wonderful (laughs) baseball baseball hills what they call it it's been home to baseball since the cotton mill workers started playing here in 1895 The Fredericton Royals have called this home for 127 years, 127 years they have met on that field over there and and it's grown and it's become a a nice little ball diamond, it's it's beautiful, the lights and they've got people that take care of that that property all summer long, they hire students and they've got workers and they'll come and, and it's just, man, it's a great addition to our community, it's wonderful, I like it. I think it's wonderful. It's just—it's a piece of of Marysville heritage. We've got <clears throat> coaches that live on Downing Street that have coached the Royals into championships and won games. And and I'm not really much into the sports. I have sat over there on the bleachers a few times and and just kind of rah rah. We've got Matt Stairs way, and we've got you know Matt Stairs. He's he's a little bit of icon. He's history for for Marysville. It's it's there. It's it's the ball diamond and. But, but there's just, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot about sports, but there is one thing about sports that intrigues me, and they call it the home advantage. It's the home advantage. It's, it's somehow the opportunity and the ability that when people play on their home front, when people play on their home field, there's something that happens. It's not just baseball, soccer. If you were to look, you'd find that, you know, when, when you got that much money in sports, people start studying it close. They they got soccer teams that <clears throat> that they can tell you that soccer on average 62.7% of the games that are played at home are won. Major League Baseball 54.1% of the games played at home are won. Football 58% of the games played at home are won. NHL 59% of the games played at home are won. Those are pretty good odds. You just you just kind of you kind of take <clears throat> the opportunity. And you say, how can we increase the opportunity? Same team, same players. Come on, same opposition, same challenge, same game. But when you play it on the home front, something happens. When, when you have the home advantage and, and there's been all kinds of people that have invested money to figure out the whys. There, there's, there's, a, there's some <clears throat> people that give credit to the fans, the cheer of your own crowd. Kind of Get you in mood and mode to win. The, that you have the field. It's familiar turf. It's where you play. It's where you practice. It's, it's where you set up shop through the week. It's, it's what you, you know. You know what corner you're used to hitting into in the practice room. So when, when you get into the game on your home field, then you know where. I got, I got people laugh at me because when I was a squirrel. Baseball? Somewhere between grade five and grade six, I broke my arm. Actually, some of you heard this story, but for those of you that didn't, I'll tell it. Um, All one of you. (laughs) The day that Prince Charles and Lady Diana got married, I decided I was going to swing off of a monkey bar, and we were in a contest to see who could leap the furthest, and I Jumped onto the monkey bar, swung with all my might. My, my feet went in the air. I put my arm out. When I stood up, my arm was not <clears throat> in the same shape it had been going in. And I broke my arm. So that summer, I, I didn't give up and lay on the couch and play video games. There was no such thing in the Lehman household. Um, no, no such thing as laying on the couch or video games. But I don't even know how to hold a baseball bat. Properly, they called me cow handed. It's very. <laughs> I don't take it as a compliment. <laughs> I honestly don't know which way is right. But because. <laughs> Because of it, I can bat on both sides of the plate. However, when I stand on the side that's most comfortable, my hands are upside down. I am not. I am not the guy you want on your home team. Get the home advantage. Where, how, where was I going with that? <laughs> I think I was at fans or familiar field or turf or fatigue. Let me Point number three why they win at home is because travel on the road is wearisome. You can get fatigued and there's all kinds of, so there's all these reasons. You've got, got reasons to win at home. Your, your away team is fatigued. You're on familiar turf on your field. You've got the cheers of your hometown crowd for fans. You've got all those things that are working for you and you win more at home. Could it be that the enemy is as well aware of the home advantage as we are? And that's why he fights us at home. That's why he fights us at home. That's why he wages war against home. That's why, that's why it's a struggle sometimes, a struggle's real, to keep family together. And we're fighting for you and we're rooting for you. We're not ignorant enough to know that it's not always easy. Sometimes the going gets a little tough, and the going gets a little rough. It's not always easy going, but here's what we do know. If you stay in it, God will work with you and God will work for you. And before, come on, before this thing gets done and before we're finished, you're going to have a home advantage. And God is going to, come on, he's going to wage the battle with you. He's going to fight on your behalf and we're going to come out on the other side victorious. It's the point that Joshua makes to Israel. Joshua is that... The book that is the pivot point for them. They go from being conquered to conquerors. And as Joshua comes to the end of his divine assignment. The warrior doesn't gather together his generals. He calls for the families to come. And he meets them at Shechem. He takes the next 12 verses. To remind them of what God has done for them. We can come back to the music. Why does God do that? Why does Joshua take God's lead and bring them to that location? Why does he take the time and the real estate in Scripture to remind them of what they already know? The 12 verses, he reminds them of what he has done for them. And so we've got to answer the question why. I would say it's because if you don't forget, you won't forsake. If you don't forget what God has done, then you'll be less likely to walk Away. If you don't forget, if you're reminded, come on, if we if we get reminded about what God has done for us, then we're able to let the devil know. I, I know we're fighting a little battle right now, but here's what I know, that God is fighting for me. God is, come on, God is waging this war with us. God, God is fighting for your family. God is working on your behalf. A threefold cord, come on. It's not just two. It's not just the two of you. It's a threefold cord. When you stood before God and you got married to that lovely lady or that handsome man, let me tell you you God said I'm going to plant myself in the middle of this union and we're going to work together and when God is fighting for you there isn't an enemy that can win there isn't come on there isn't a, a battle that can defeat you God is, is fighting for you if you go back to chapter 23 of Joshua chapter 23 and 24 they, they work in tandem chapter 23 it's about separation it's about Israel determining that they are going to live for God It's about the fact that they are going to separate from all of the idolatrous nations that surround them. They are not going to serve their idols. They're going to separate unto the one true and living God. It's about separation. I don't want to be a church that's that's never preaching about separation. Because we can't be equally yoked with the world. We can't be connected to the world. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. And friendship with God is enmity with the world. That separation brings authority and it brings power. And, and separation, it, it, it allows us, come on, I'm, I'm going to just talk to us for a minute. Can, can we just talk for a moment? Can we talk, can we talk, Blaine? We, we need some separation in our homes. We've got separation in this room. We've got separation, and, and we're, we're careful about what we communicate and what we preach, and, and we're, not, we're not trying to, to be hard on people. But here's what I do know, that when we separate unto God, there is a power and authority that comes with it. When we separate unto God in our lifestyle, when we separate unto God in our activity, when we separate unto God in our entertainment, when we separate unto God, come on, it, it means that you got to, when you separate from something, you disentangle yourself from it. You walk away from it. It was, it was in the Old Testament. You can find it. Yeah, it's all right. It, when you go to Leviticus, you'll find that the houses could, could end up with leprosy and, and that the houses themselves, that they would kind of get this mold that would begin to grow. That's my word for it. And when they realized that there was something in the house that needed to get taken care of, that's, they, would, they would empty the house and they would plaster the wall. And they would call the priest and the priest would come and he'd shut the house up for seven days. And if he came back after seven days and, and it hadn't come back into the house, then, then the people would move back into the home because the leprosy it was just... It was just a unique thing. It was just a, a moment where, where something happened, you know, who knows what, that that, that, that mold grew for a reason that was, wasn't terminal, it wasn't the end, but, but if, that, if that mold came back after that seven days, then the priest would say, we, we got to get rid of everything in this house. You, you got to kind of take the stones out one by one, and they would discard them from the camp. They would remove it. And that's been on my mind as I've been prepping this week for this message. And and can I just let our families know that there may be some things in your home. And it's all right to put it to the test. it's all right to say, you know, there's just something that I I just don't like. I've heard of some families that are making some bold choices in separation unto God. Because they said, I'm not willing for that to be in my house. I don't want it. To impact the future generation. I don't want it to impact. Come on. The future that God has given to us. I, 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 they're making decisions that determine the future. They're making decisions so they can be the authority in their home. And, 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 and when the priest, he said, you know what? We got to get rid of this. We got to get it. They would pick it up and they would carry it outside the camp and they would discard it. I'm just saying there may be some things in our homes that we need to pick up, and we need to carry outside the camp. And we say, you know what? It's caused trouble for too long. I'm not willing for this to create an environment where it's co- where it's toxic or or where it where it's sinful. I'm not willing for this to detri- be a detriment to our future in our families. I'm getting rid of this. I'm picking it up, and I'm carrying it outside the camp because I I I hold this too precious, my family. It's too precious. It's about separation. But if you move into chapter 24, it's about service. Because when you separate unto God, God says, that's somebody I can use. That's someone that the kingdom needs. That's, that's someone that I can put to work. The word serve is found 16 times in chapter 24. It's a Hebrew word that's translated not just into the word serve. If you search it back, the Hebrew word avad, it's translated into three words, serve, worship, and work. Why? Because our service isn't just serving here in this room. Our service happens in our worship. Our service happens in our workplace. Our service follows us wherever we go. And Joshua brings the challenge to the sandy floor of Shechem and He draws a line in the sand. In Joshua chapter 24, after he has just encouraged and commanded Israel to serve the Lord. He brings them to the point of choice. And I know that Pastor Matt's already touched on this verse. But in chapter 24 and verse 15, it says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. If there is a touchstone of our generation, it's that one word choice. They want to choose. And they're making choices, perhaps beyond their pay grade. The thing with God is he has never taken choice away from humanity. He's always given us choice. We get to choose. Bob Dylan may have got a lot wrong, but he didn't get this song wrong. He said, you're going to have to serve somebody. I can't make a choice for society around me. I I can vote, voice my opinion. I, I can't make a choice for for you. That's your right and your responsibility. I can, however, make a choice for me. And that was Israel's responsibility when Moses commanded them to take the blood of the Lamb and apply it to their own home. They had a choice to make, they had a responsibility. They had to take and make the choice for their own family. I'm wondering if we could have some intercessors just begin to pray right now. So I can't, we can't, no one can make a choice for you. You can, however, make a choice for yourself. And I like that joshua went on and he gave us this scriptural declaration and mandate he said as for me it's personal and my house it's my family we will serve the lord it was a prophetic utterance it was a declaration of what was going to come it was him framing the future it was personal it was joshua he's saying as for me I've got my mind made up. It's too late in the game to change horses now I, I'm not I'm not about to turn my back on what I've lived my entire life for but as for me but but I, I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out and I'm gonna include my family in this decision I, I'm gonna include my children I, I'm gonna include my grandchildren I, I'm gonna make a declaration over my home and I'm gonna make a declaration over my future as for me and my house we will serve the Lord and if we just had a few people in the room this morning that would make that decision then something would shift in the supernatural environment of our homes and in our cities. And the advantage that would come in that moment could begin to transform something in the realm of revival. Something in the realm of outpouring. I I just think that there's something that's, that's been shifting in the supernatural realm this month. I wonder if you'd stand together with me. Joshua, that... Revered, respected, aged leader of that nation knew that he couldn't make the decision for him. But he was going to lead. He was going to lead the way. He was going to make declaration. Can, can we just pause for a moment and clap hands for all of the generations that preceded us? Could, could you thank God for the history and the heritage that we've got in this little community? in our district, come on, in the apostolic realms, could, could you just take a moment and thank God for someone that preached truth in a previous generation? Could you thank God that, that, that we live in a little, a little community that's it got God's fingerprints all over it. You can't, you, come on, you can't go anywhere in this little community and not see something that God's been doing. We got the, the little, little church down by the, the bridge and we got the Bible college. We got the, Bible, the new Bible administration and teaching building and, and you got CCC up here on the baseball hill. I'm telling you that God has impacted our community. I, I love telling the students, the new students every year, people know who you are. You can't hide here. I don't know where you came from, but you can't hide here. People know who you are because we live in a little community that knows all about our city, that knows all about our church. And knows all about you. But we've got an apostolic history and heritage. We're not discarding it. We're holding on to it. That's why come on that's why we we take time and that's why we got to stop sometimes for a few minutes and and chat with some of our seniors and and be reminded about what God did that's what what Joshua did for that entire come on 12 verses he reminded Israel let's take a minute and remember let's remember when God drove the enemy out with the hornets let's let's remember when God made a way in the middle of nowhere. let's remember when the Red Sea parted and and when it looked like an impossibility God showed up and he made a way I, I, I just tell you that if you take some time to talk to some elders it's only a few moments and a few minutes until somebody begins talking about what god has done in their past what god has done and that i'll tell you what happens it moves and it shifts to the next generation and we've got families we've got parents and and we've got young families that have children coming up and and we take time to talk to our homes and that's what i'm doing today we talk to parents and we talk to moms and we talk to we talk to dads and and we say come on be the joshua for your home We need someone to, come on, stand on the threshold of your house and say, as for in my house, we will serve the Lord. We need that echo from our elders to go down, ripple down into our youth department and into our children's department. We need worship that happens in this place, but, but we need worship that happens under the roof of your own address, between the walls of your own home. Let praises ring. Some people have, have said, they said, we, we don't know how to teach a Bible study. What a great place to start. What does it do? The home advantage. The enemy fights it because he fears it. The enemy hates it because he knows if homes will just rise up. If Joshua somewhere would say, you know what? I got my mind made up. As for me and my house, we will serve. The home advantage changes the future. The home advantage changes the spiritual environment. The home advantage brings victory. When prayer happens in the home, I I don't know. I, I I can't point to every single factor that made differences in my life. There were people, but I've got to tell you that, a mom that gathered kids together every morning before we went out the door. It didn't matter who was there we lived in an affluent neighborhood but we weren't affluent so we had doctors kids and lawyers kids and real estate kids that would come to walk to school with us we walked to school back then 17 miles both ways uphill but mom would gather those kids together it didn't matter who they were Come on, come on, come on in. Bring it in, bring it in. And Mom wasn't just like, "Well, I pray the blessing of the Lord on this family today." No, little Jude, little Jude was a firecracker. She'd get talking in tongues, and she'd get tears streaming down her cheeks. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what was avoided. I don't, know, I don't know what missiles the enemy sent that missed. I don't know what traps have been laid that we just kind of walked over. I don't know. But I think it might have something to do with just a five-foot-nothing little lady. Woo. Come on, talking in tongues. And, and I know... You know, you're a kid. You don't you don't have this spiritual perspective. And I know that there were some times when Cheyenne and I were like, come on, mom, be done, mom be done. Mom, mom, we're not. This isn't. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was serious. It was it was not playing. We were not playing. We were not. We weren't, we weren't playing church. It was come on, bring it in, guys. Bring it in. matter who was there I just I just came to pick up Jackie I'm just walking with Cheyenne today she get praying she started a little quiet but then before long the Holy Ghost would begin to move and the blood was being come on the blood was was being claimed over lives and God was impacting. There was impartation, and I'm telling you, what, what was it? It, was, it wasn't nothing more than the home advantage. It wasn't. A, but I have an idea that the home advantage made a difference on the playing field. I, I have an idea that the home advantage changed the outcome. And the home advantage—come on—it changed the, the score sheet. It changed. It changed the future. If there was just some Joshuas that were in the room that would say, "You know what? It's time. It's time. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In this generation, we're going to serve." Him with all this opposition, we're gonna serve him. I'm separating, I'm repenting, I'm determining, I'm praying, I'm leading, I'm declaring. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Where you are, I wish we would turn this entire auditorium into the sandy floor of Shechem this morning. I I wish that you would look down and somewhere right ahead of your toes that the Holy Ghost has just drawn a line in the sand. And I wish there was someone this morning that would say, I'm I'm coming in, Joshua. I'm coming over. I, I I I made my mind up. We can't we can't live without that kind of advantage. We we can't go forward unless we've got that advantage. I I need our home. Come on, because powerful homes will build a powerful church. Powerful. Come on, a home that's in revival, there'll be a church in revival. You can't escape. You can't. Come on, you can't divide the two. If our homes are in revival, then our church will be in revival. If our homes are praying, then our church will be praying. If our homes come on are on fire, then the church will be on fire. And there isn't anything that could stop a church that's full of homes that have that advantage. Come on, I wish you would. If you're with your family, would you gather together? Come on, bring it in. Bring it in this morning. We're going to pray. We're going to pray before we leave. It's Come on, I know it's a bit of a busy day for some of us, and it's a busy, busy day for others of you, but some of you, we this is the only shot we got today. So I wish, I wish everybody would have somebody. It may be not not be your family, but, but would you in would you just kind of build a family right now? Would you find someone and say, you're, you're, you're my family this morning. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. What God was seeding in the supernatural at the beginning of this message, I, I feel that rising right now. So wherever you were in prayer and wherever you were before we preached, I wish you just kind of step back into that environment. Just begin to pray with that intensity. God, we stand here this morning God we're not declaring perfection God we know we've got parents that have struggled fought the devil God there may be some failure that's marked but God we're moving forward this morning there's a literal line in the spiritual sand today God, I pray that someone would have the courage to step over, that they would walk, God, into the plan that you have for us in the last days, saith God, that end time revival, God, let there be impartation in this moment, God, let there be authority that's released in this room, a certain defeat that someone saw on the horizon, God, you're changing, God, you're changing it as people are praying right now. I I pray for healing to happen. I declare, God, the prodigal to come home. We're opening the door wide. We're preparing for what you're going to do, God. God, we're preparing for restoration. We're preparing for revival. God, we're preparing for the future. We, God, we know... The prophetic utterances that you've given over this this church, over our community and our city. God, we don't even understand it all. But here's what we do know. That is going to happen through the people that are in this room and the people that are going to come into this room. But we're not relegating you to these walls and we're not restricting you to this address and location. God, we are releasing you to every address, to every home. every village God to every corner to every community God to every subdivision in our city God we're releasing you to people that watch on the web we're releasing you to homes and we're asking God for you to rise up raise up a nation help us to see in the supernatural realm what you have in store for us God we're not just going to hunker in the bunker. We're going to stand on the threshold and declare to the world as for, as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. God, let light shine in the midst of darkness. You did it in Goshen. God, we're praying that you would do it in Marysville. God, we're praying that you would do it in Canada. We're praying that you would do it in North America. God, we're asking that you would do it overseas. Do it in missionaries. God, do it in in Little Hamlets. God, do it wherever you're reaching right now. I pray, God, let there be a revival that happens in our homes. The Holy Ghost is prompting some people right now. The the Holy Ghost is prompting somebody. There's some things that you're going to take care of. There's some things you're going to take care of today. There's some there's some things you're going to take care of this week. There's there's some things that you're going to take care of. There's some there's some bricks that you're going to move out. There's some separation that's going to happen. There's a separation from but there's a separation unto. There's service that you're determining. There's a plan that God's beginning to Unfold in your mind. God's beginning to release vision and God's beginning to release promise. you're not praying, sing. I give all my family to you. I give all my family to you. No matter the cost. No matter the cost. I give all my future to you. Come on, I give all my future to you. I